Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast. Squad and welcome to Ranks FC. It's your favourite football podcast. Back for another week and back with a lot of people's favourite episode of the entire year. It is time for five by five, where we look at each of Europe's top five leagues and predict the top five in each of them. It's one of our favourites. We know it's plenty of your favourites too. So really excited to get into this one. My name is Jack Collins, and I'll be your host today. And joining me is our transfer guru, Mister. Dean Jones, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Obviously, I'm off now until January, so it's great. Um, no transfer, so that's absolutely perfect. Just got my feet up, um, watching NFL and stuff like that. And um, I, I love this episode. I'm so good. I'm so good at like judging European football and how it's going to turn out. 
Like well, just, we'll we'll take a look at the scores in a minute. Don't you worry. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> killed it. Uh, and I'd love to say a massive welcome back to the rank god is Mr. Sam Ty, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, mate? Oh. Uh, hello, guys. Hello, guys. Don't call it a comeback. Oh, it's Don't good to be it back. A <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back, guys. It's good to be back. It's been a few long months over the summer, hasn't it? And uh, I've been listening to you uh, on Patreon and on Ranks on the feed uh, loyally. Thank like you. a good subscriber and a good listener. I know that when I took my leave of absence, my, my dad cancelled his Patreon <laughs> subscription. That I so, so rude. It was within seconds. <laughs> it was within seconds. <laughs> but I just want you to know that I, I, I've replaced that income. I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening along. I think you guys have done really, really well over the summer. Uh, Dean, I was chuckling along yesterday uh, listening to the Patreon episode when you were like, right, that's it. I'm off now. And then you told the same joke again just now. Oh, you're like, we've, um, we've got about 10,000 people that aren't on the Patreon, so I thought I'd just repeat the joke and get away with it. Um, it does feel a little no, bit no. like I am now in semi-retirement for a couple of months, so I've enjoyed it. Dean's watching the Rugby World Cup. That's how he much in, in retirement he is. That, that's how much time I've had on my hands over the weekend. No idea what was going on, but um, they just kick it over the posts. England, so there you go. No, that seems, seems like a sensible thing to do. Sam, how have you been? How's your summer been? Oh, the last three days, summer, yeah, really good. <laughs> really good. Oh, yes. Um, I took some time off in June, which was nice. And then I've just been flitting about best I can, working here, working there. Done some cool stuff this summer. Been really happy. Um, but had this in the calendar. We've had this in the calendar for uh, three to four weeks, haven't we? Mm. Everything's it's all been a, it's been a countdown back to the big return. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well... I think before we get started with 5 by 5 we are going to go straight into it because it's always one with plenty of discussion to get into. I think we should take a look at last year's scores. Now, some of you will remember that at this point of last year's episode, I was really reticent to read out the scores. And I was like, do we have to? This year, we're reading out the scores. Let's put it that way. Because last year, uh, I'd like to tell you that overall, Sam, you got 33 points. Uh, for posterity and to the scoring system, you get three points for a perfect placing. You get two points for being one off within the top five. And you get one point for being in the top five at all. So if you come fifth and the team actually comes first, you get a point for that. Um, in there, Sam, you got eight points in Germany, nine points in Spain, eight points in France, three points in Italy and five points in England. Um, Dean, a respectable 42, which was actually two points more than the 40, which won this game last oh, year. Yeah. Also, I've got to say this. So Dean got a perfect 15 in Germany. Dean called the oh, Bundesliga wow. one to five. I got an we've never had a GCSE, mate. We've never had a perfect <laughs> score in five by five before. It's remarkable. remarkable. I mean, I couldn't tell you that top five now, let alone a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that really is a miracle. I honestly don't think I could repeat that. <laughs> Uh, you got nine points in Spain. You got eight points in France, four points in Italy and six points in the Premier League. Um, Hang on, I predicted Union Berlin. You predicted Union Berlin to come fifth. How on earth have I done that? You very likely just copied me. <laughs> How on earth would I have come up with that? Yeah. You probably, you heard one of us say it, it and you're like, before me, I just copied it. Yeah, just changed the order yeah. and put by on top. Yeah. Um, actually, Sam, you didn't put Union Berlin in your top five. Uh, you actually, you actually had them outside, and you had Hoffenheim 
in fifth, oh, which, uh, yeah. I don't think that went as well as planned. Nearly, no. nearly. Uh, we, all got Bayern, we all got Bayern Dortmund Leipzig in the right order. And so that was that was good. Um, wow. So. so I put Leipzig and Hoffenheim in my top five. The, the German football purists must have been screaming through their headphones at me there. They're two, the, the two least popular clubs in Germany. Yeah. And there's mm. me pumping their values. <laughs> Uh, but lads, uh, there is a new all-time record for a 5x5 five five score because last year I racked up 50 points, Whoa, which is 10 points high. more than anyone's ever got before. Uh, 11 points in Germany, 11 points in Spain, 12 points in France, 10 points in Italy and 6 points in the Premier League. It was pretty stunning to be honest mm. uh, i'm i'm impressed with myself and actually I, i've yeah. got a little bit of a, a clip here that i want to put in because this is what dean said to me about my predicting game before we started last year's five by five i said off air people that are listening to this that i've never known somebody watch so much football and know so little about it <laughs> get so much wrong <laughs> <laughs> I said, do you watch it like Taylor does with glazed eyes and just stare straight through the screen? Well, not so loud anymore, are we? Not so loud the anymore. The thing is, mate, we have, to, we have discovered over the past year or so that you are actually quite good at predicting overall outcomes, just not like individual game by games. So like since I would have said that, we have learned that like your in the bag calls are great and you are good at, at calling leagues. So it's not a major shock to me. Um, and international tournaments. And international tournaments, exactly. So um, you're still rubbish at the week-by-week week stuff. But you. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, you've got now new pressure on you, mate, because no one's expecting anything, me and Sam. And no. you've got last year you did Last year, you do, if you remember correctly, you actually won this on a tiebreaker where you had to pick <laughs> yeah. the winner of the Icelandic second division. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That, that year I was robbed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, robbed the first year and then bombed out the second wow. year. For anyone that was, you know, wondering why I was kicked off ranks during the summer, now you know. <laughs> um, right. Let's get into this year's predictions. And as ever, we're going to start in the Premier League. Which as we're all rubbish champion. At, apparently. Yeah, we're all bad at. Um, as reigning <laughs> champion, I'm going to uh, I'm going to decide who starts. And I've decided that... Dean, you're going to start us off and uh, then I'm going to go last because I like picking last. Oh, good. Well, you started me with the league. I actually do understand most. Um, so why do it? Just running through one to five. Simple as yeah, that. You're one to five and then Sam's one to five and then my one to five and then we'll discuss them. Okay, fine. Well, the champions next year are Manchester City. Nothing to talk about. Second is Liverpool. Third will be Arsenal. Fourth will be Man United. Again, another comeback like Sam. And at fifth, it's going to be the Tottenham Hotspurs. Okay. Mm. All right. The Tottenham Hotspurs. All right, Ted. Fantastic. Someone actually said to me the other day, I was in a cafe and this guy started talking to me, asked me what I did for a job and blah, blah, blah. And he said, I said, oh, who do you support? And uh, he said, oh, I support Chelsea. Um, my dad tried to get me to support the Hotspurs, but um, I, I thought better of that. <laughs> I was like, I can't talk to you about football after what you've just said. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Bye. That was fun. I enjoyed myself for the very small part of time that we had together. Right, Sam, what do you got? Um, I agree with Dean on Manchester City <laughs> at number one. I'm going to go Arsenal in second again and put Liverpool third. I'm going to take Newcastle in fourth. I'm going to ignore the bumpy start and show some faith. 
And I agree with Dean, the Tottenham Hotspurs will finish fifth. They nearly rebranded Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> okay. All righty. Um, Jackson. Okay. Yes. Well, I, I'm going to go with City, Arsenal, Liverpool, similar to Sam. Um, I'm going to show even more faith in Ange Postacoglu's Tottenham Hotspurs, and I'm going to put them in fourth um, with Newcastle United rounding off my top five. Mm. I thought I was going to have to justify Spurs, um, no. but we've all got them. Well, yeah, because we've all been like caught up in the narrative of the first four game weeks, yeah. which is probably going to catch us all out. I'm honestly actually most surprised that you've both got this much faith in Newcastle, especially given their Champions League group and how emotional and draining those six games are going to be. That is, I couldn't, I just couldn't, based on what I've seen and based on what I see coming up, I don't think they're strong enough. I, I think, especially with well, as soon as Botman wasn't at the back, I see they haven't covered themselves there. Like, I, I just can't, I just can't back them. I just think that there's a very high chance that Newcastle United are no longer playing in European competition by January and therefore get a bit of a cleaner run at the back half of the season than, than maybe people would expect. So I think that that's a sword that cuts two ways in many ways. Yeah, I, I think that the reason we like Spurs probably, or part of the reason we all like Spurs, is that that fresh, that midweek free run that they're going to have. I mean, taking the Carabao Cup so lightly was a huge mistake in my opinion, but it, it might have yet another positive impact for them in terms of freshness and Newcastle agree they might they might well not be in European competition by February and while that will be obviously disappointing because they're aiming very high I, I'm trying not to heart, like trying not to read too much into this bumpy start they've played three really difficult games there and the one that they've won they've won emphatically they are a really good solid consistent team and they added good pieces in the summer like I know I was a bit rough on the Tonali deal during the summer and stuff, but like he's still a good player and they've bought, they've bought solid players. They've got a nice deep squad apart from maybe cover for Botman. We'll see. Yeah. Is it just that Dan Byrne hadn't played centre-back for 18 months, Dean? Or is it more, that he's, more, not, he's, not good he's not good enough to be a, a player that's competing for Champions League football? Like he's a fine as a squad player or he's out, out on, on the sides, but I, I don't want, I wouldn't want Dan Byrne at Fulham in the middle, let alone Newcastle wanting him. Like genuinely, I, I just don't think he's, he's going to be strong enough. Um, and also like on top of this, like you say, they've had a rough start. They're all already seven points off the top five like they've got to overcome that as well so that's part of the reason yeah. i was looking at it thinking nah not fancy look you could easily flip it and say why do i have any faith in man united and generally- I, 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 I was just about to ask you that was going to be my my next question was going to be you are the only person that's been united in here um, yeah. it feels like everything is on fire at manchester yeah. united at the moment and I'm, I'm just intrigued as to to what you makes you think that they're going to turn this around because Eric Ten Hag cannot, cannot let this continue. And I'm just like, this guy has to come up with the fix. Like, I don't know what he does exactly. But also based on what we've seen and now thinking, well, okay, we've seen four weeks. I mean, it's been a mess. And now the Anthony and Sancho stuff is, is being played out. But like, we could be coming to a time, say even this weekend, if they're all fit, like, Suddenly you've got Amrabat in the team, Reguilon in the team and Hoyland in the starting lineup and Rashford back out on the left. And you've got Mason Mount soon to come back into fitness, possibly to rectify the issue they're going to have on the right side. If not, then another player that breaks out from the middle uh, might even start using McTominay properly like Scotland do. And there's just there are solutions like obviously the centre back issue might might be a problem if that was to be ongoing, that Martinez and Lindelof weren't there. But 
I'm going to put faith in the fact that we don't too often see Maguire and Evans as their centre-back pairing. So I'm just saying that like the squad United now have compared to what they did have like a few weeks ago available to them is going to be completely different. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. So what I would say to that is, uh, and I, I had Man United fifth initially and then I rejigged it and I put Spurs fifth, which essentially drops United to sixth. Mm. And the reason is, is I, th- is I think a few too many of their players here that need to stay fit probably won't. Yeah. So that's, that's Raphael Varane for sure. Lissandro does get his knocks. Um, and sometimes you have to take him off at half time because he's already on a yellow and three challenges. Um, but then also, Martial cannot be depended on. And I think this is a lot to ask of Rasmus Hoyland. And I think that the moment you take either one of those two players out of Manchester United's attacking structure and you start pushing people into number nine that, that don't feel comfortable there, like Rashford, which you know diminishes his ability to make the difference from the from the correct or, or, or comfortable areas it starts to unravel. And while I do like what they did at the end of the window, like that they did plug some holes, I'm not so sure that we're going to see the best version of Man United as often as we need to for them to edge out four other teams or five other teams. Yeah, I agree. I just think that there's an element of United that I can see them going like on a semi-regular basis to teams sort of at the bottom half of the top 10 and losing away from home in a way that I can't see their record, against, their record against the big clubs obviously isn't ideal when they're on the road like that. They, that needs to be rectified. But I can't decide. Like the Arsenal game, there really wasn't a lot between United and Arsenal. All, but it comes down to it, and they lost three-one in a game that they should probably have won two-one. <laughs> like, and that's obviously an issue. But I'm like, well, I'm going to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there that they're that close to a team that you two are putting second in the league. So. Backing them to make the top five doesn't seem that big a call. No shouts to Brighton because I really thought about it. Really thought about uh, it. It's been yeah. a blistering start to the campaign. So why didn't why didn't you do it? I just wonder again a little bit about depth with the Europa League run, and I think that that Europa League campaign is something that Brighton can really challenge and target and and I think that they mm. will do as well there's there's that opportunity now to go right we've shown everyone in the Premier League what we can do we are pretty well respected amongst the clubs in the Premier League and, and Premier League fans for the operation we're running can we kick this further into Europe and basically expand this reputation further out? and I think that it would add to Brighton's allure it would add to the fact that, you know, people in Europe will be looking at them and going, well, that's a club that I can use or I can be part of to to make a big jump. And even still, you know, this summer, Mohamed Kadus, there was an offer accepted from Ajax from Brighton and Kadus decided he didn't want to go to Brighton and went to West Ham United. Now, when you look at what those two clubs have done in the last three years, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone, I think, who would argue that West Ham have been a better and more cohesive side than Brighton have been. But West Ham did go and win a European trophy last season. They got to, you know, European semi-final in the Europa League the season before. That just little bit of of European gloss, if you will, Mm. I think adds to it. And I think that that, that's the reason that Brighton will look at the Europa League and go, one, real opportunity to win silverware. And two, you know, this will add to what we can do in terms of our recruitment structure. And I think that therefore there might just be a little bit more focus on that. Whereas I think that Newcastle might be out of the Champions League and European competition as a whole by that point. Yeah, Brighton, Brighton will reach a point in February where they have to make a decision on priorities, won't they? 
um, because they'll clearly get through their Europa League group and then they'll have to pick either do we crack do we crack on and try and try and hit the top four as the next stage of our progression or do we try and win the Europa League and they're just not a deep enough team in order to do both and every team in this scenario has to make this call and, and Aston Villa will do the same thing which is why when I started seeing tables flying around of Villa in fourth and fifth I thought are you kidding me they're going to get to February and they're going to lose every Premier League game from there because they're going to be targeting Thursday and the clubs like this need to make these decisions and I agree with you Jack I think Brighton will will prioritise Thursdays and that will hurt them in the league so that's why I ended up leaving them out as well and a word for Chelsea I just think they're too young I think the age balance of the team is off and I just don't think they're going to be able to be consistent enough as a result so I didn't put them in considering their start I, I think it's going to be it's a long way back and Chelsea would need to go on a really consistent run of wins mm. in order to push themselves back into this conversation. And whilst I think they'll be much better than they were last year, I think that if you have a team with this much inexperience in it, you can't expect that consistency on a completely regular basis in the first season we're all together. So I think it will just take a little bit more time, but I do think that Chelsea will be fine. I mean, I personally Fine as in it, not relegated. Yeah, or? I was going to say, like, I personally <laughs> find it pathetic that you can spend a billion pounds and none of us backing you to make the top five. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, a fine, like, have an overhaul of your model, but at least as part of that, like, sign a goal scorer. Like, probably be a good idea. Anyway, that's my Chelsea agenda for another day. Okay, we'll leave that. We'll leave that on the table for for a further further debate at some point. Right, as a final point before we move on to the break, shall we just quickly discuss Liverpool? You've picked them to finish yep. above Arsenal, Dean. Um, I don't think that's the wildest call in the world. I think that this looks like a Liverpool side with the capacity to torch anyone when they hit the stride, but I've got them as slightly less consistent as Arsenal, and therefore I think that. That's that's why I've gone that way round. But you obviously think different. I just I just honestly I look at the squad and I think that now they've actually got a better squad than Arsenal. Like I think that like to to last the course of the season now, Liverpool was short in a couple of spots um, last term, obviously, and they were ravaged by injuries. Nobody saw that coming last season, and they're making up for it quickly this season. I mean, look, Aston Villa didn't play very well, obviously, when they went to Anfield, but. To see them off 3-0 in the fashion they did, I think we're going to see quite a lot of that this season. The squad that they've got available to them now is pretty crazy. Like The forward options are absolutely ridiculous. But now with this new look midfield, which I did have reservations about, I've been won over. Like Soberstein is going to be one of the best signings of the season. Endo. Have you seen the assist or the, the pass that he played from if Hungary in the from his own box where he digs no. out a Travella to like from his within his own box to basically the opposition penalty area straight into the path of his winger? It's, <laughs> it might be the best pass I've ever seen. Mate, we we've waited a long time to see him in the Prem, really, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's hit the ground running. To be honest, because he's going to make such a difference to them this season. Um, Watching Endo the other day for Japan, I was like, okay, like this is the level of performance we're going to eventually see at Liverpool, then that's going to make a massive difference. Honestly, like my only probably like flaw with them is like if they get caught out defensively, either at right back or at centre back with an injury problem, I, I do see there could be a potential problem there. But honestly, lads, I think based on what we've seen so far, they're going to play with a bit more freedom, and I mean that more mentally than anything, than Arsenal will, and I think it might help them. Yeah. Like Arsenal, every game has felt like a cup final for Arsenal so far, like the relief when they score a goal. <laughs> feels like they've just scored like an 80th minute 
goal at Wembley. And it's like... Yeah. They've, oh. picked, they've picked up where they left off from last February, yeah, haven't they? it's like that, isn't it's it? It's the same. Like, you can't sustain like playing with that much pressure on you for 38 games. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. And uh, I think the ones are worth considering. Um, the kind of kickbacks, the, the, the relief at the 1-0 win at Palace, the kickback at the 2-0 the draw with Fulham. It did feel like it was like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. I, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll settle into the season. I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best of Arsenal yet. But it does feel like there is an element of like, oh, this is all a lot of pressure. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I do. I do look at Liverpool week to week now for the first four weeks of the season, and I've I've sort of moved them in my theoretical table from like second to fifth to fourth to sixth, back up to third. Every week has been very different. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago thinking that Liverpool's midfield were just comp- completely and utterly not up to it. And then what I saw at Anfield against Villa completely changed my mind. You know, it was a very old school clock performance. It was full of energy and buzz. And if that's been re-harnessed and if Klopp can, can squeeze that out of them over the course of the season, then this is a, re- a new look Liverpool. It's a remodelled Liverpool. But I do, I do still shade for Arsenal here, um, despite the fact that they'll have the greater midweek commitments in Europe because they'll take the Champions League more seriously than Liverpool will take the Europa League. Uh, I just think Arsenal are better in midfield. And I think this counts for an awful lot in terms of consistency. I know Zobazai looks looks unreal, absolutely unreal, but Rice and Odegaard for me over over them. And that's what makes the difference in a close fight. Okay. All righty. Well, let's park the Premier League there for a minute. After the break, we're going to be talking about Serie A and the Bundesliga. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Ranks FC. We're going to the continent and we're going to start in Germany where I might just hand off to our clear aficionado, Dean Jones. 15 <laughs> yeah. from 15, 5 from 5, the perfect score. Dean, what's going to happen in the Bundesliga? Yeah, well, I can confirm that I do have the standings right in front of me for the Bundesliga season 23-24. And big shock at number one is Bayern Munich win the league. Um, Harry Kane scores 74 goals as they go on to march to the latest <laughs> title win. Uh, number two will be Borussia Dortmund. They're used to that. Uh, three will be RB Leipzig. Fourth will be Leverkusen after their great start to the season. And at fifth this year, I'm sorry, Union Berlin, you don't make it. This is a big shock coming. You've got to prepare yourselves. It's Freiburg. Freiburg finished fifth in Bundesliga this season. And they finished fifth in the Bundesliga last season. <laughs> no, sixth. No, yeah, not, yeah. We're, not, we're, not, we're not miles off this, are we? Um, no, it's, but it's, it's still... Uh, when you look at a table, I don't know exactly where they are right now, but they'd probably be mid-table right now, I would imagine, based on uh, how things stand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that place is up for grabs. But Union Berlin basically are not going to make it this time. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, right, Sam, do you agree? Oh, I think we've only got one thing in common there, Dean, which is very worrying considering your uh, your status oh, in this no, game. Mate, I'm sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, I mean, Bayern, I've got them at number one. And, and and I'd just like to say, I'm very sorry to Dortmund, but I'm going to be cheating on them for the year. Um, I'm going to support Bayern this year. Yeah. Because I just want the, I just want Kane to win a trophy so the meme pages can shut up. You actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, genuinely, I, I will support, I will support every Bayern game. incredibly funny. Like, absolutely, <laughs> like, comedy about. gold if he moved to the place where trophies were guaranteed and didn't win the league. Um, obviously, this everyone was like, oh, he's going to win I'm his first one. About. When they go in the Super Cup against Leipzig, battered by Leipzig in that game, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, he couldn't, could he? 
<laughs> hopefully not. Well, no, because Dean's obviously no, they, told they, us. They do win it. Yeah, I can say so, that now. That's fine. Yeah, so Bayern at one, and then I'm going to take Leipzig in second, uh, Bayer Leverkusen in third, Ooh. Dortmund in fourth. Fine. Genuinely, and um, Union Berlin. I'm gonna I'm gonna make amends for last year. It was a clerical error last year <laughs> where they slipped through the net. I meant to put them fifth. Uh, for some reason, the facts didn't go through. Uh, we're gonna change that this time. Confirmed. Union Berlin will be finishing fifth. Mm. Uh, mine is very similar to yours, Sam, with one key Uh-oh. tweak. In that. <laughs> I have Leverkusen winning no. the league. <laughs> you are uh, actually, no, I can't. I can't say no. We can't say anything. Uh, we did this last year with Napoli. Yeah, we can't. You can. You can. You can absolutely go off on one. You, you have the right. <laughs> no, it's perfectly reasonable. You, you, you know, if, if they win the league, I'm going to be un- insufferable anyway. So if, if you want to give me it now, you may as well have well, it. No, do your one go. to five, and then you can explain to Lever- everyone listening why why on earth that would happen. Leverkusen, Bayern, Leipzig, Dortmund, Union, Berlin. Okay, go on then, explain yourself. I just think that there comes a time in every cycle, and we saw it (laughs) happen. very dramatic. (laughs) It happened with Juventus, where ultimately it just gets too much. And someone is able to nip in and win a, a title out of kind of nowhere. And suddenly it's like, oh, wow, is the dynasty over? Now, I don't think that's going to happen long term for Bayern in the way that it's done for Juventus. But I think that last year it was so close to falling apart. And I've got to be honest, I remain unconvinced by Thomas Tuchel's Bayern Munich. Now, obviously, Harry Kane is a wonderful footballer. And if Bayern had signed Rapalina on the final day of the transfer window, I would have had this reversed. But they didn't. And the fact that Tuchel seems to not trust any of his midfielders as a number six, the fact that him and Kimmich seem to be kind of like in some sort of weird cold war where they keep releasing like <laughs> statements about each other, which are just loaded with loads of weird, like innuendo almost. I really don't like it. It's all very strange. The fact that he can't, doesn't see Goretzka as a six, the fact that they were torn apart in transition by Leipzig in that Super Cup game. Yes, I think Harry Kane is going to score 100 goals. And actually, I think that what we might see again is Bayern being an absolute force in Europe where they're able to just manage things a little bit better. But over the course of a 38-game season, I think that there's too many frailties, too many cracks. The parts behind the scenes that have, have kind of dominated the headlines over the summer, the, the fact that there were obviously players a little bit upset on a title parade last year about the sacking of, of Khan and Sally Hamadic, the fact that it feels like a little bit of a coup from the Bayern old guard in the back room that it's now been, been handed back, the fact that Tuchel has been given some sort of weird charge of transfers and yet they haven't brought in the players that he's spoken about and therefore he's also kind of kicking off at everyone. None of it feels comfortable to me. And I think that Leverkusen are riding such a wave. I, I nearly had Leipzig top. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust my gut on this in the way that I trusted my gut on Napoli. They are riding such a wave. Yes, they are massively, massively weak from set pieces. They are hugely like, a, this is a problem that some, someone needs to work out. But going forward, they are irresistible. And I think that Leverkusen might well beat Bayern in that first game back from the Bundesliga from this international break. And if they do, the whole thing gets blown right open. So, 
You it was never going to be Bayern. It was it was it was Leverkusen or Leipzig. <laughs> and oh, yeah, well, as soon as Pelinia didn't sign, yeah. Gotcha. What if he signs that is bold. I think it, it might be too late. Might be too late. Too late, blimey. Might be too I late. I think Tuchel blimey. might be gone by January. There's, a, there's Sorry, another can we one. Just, can, we, can we just address the fact that Leverkusen are indeed cursed? Yeah, there, there is that. But Napoli were so cursed for 30 years and yeah. and they broke it. It's time for ending True. of curses. And I, I've decided that if I can help that along its way, then I'm delighted. Uh, you've found your new nickname for your curse breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Bill Weasley, curse breakers. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I think if if they have Musiala back soon, he's feeding Harry Kane. Kim starts to come, like, feel part of things at the back. And you've got Kimmich in there. Um, you've got, honestly, there's, there's too many names. I can't even, I'm not going to go through the whole squad. I, th- but I think, I think honestly, in a, in a league that is weighted so heavily towards attack... Um, and with defences pushing up quite a lot. Um, I just feel like a league that has Kane feeding the speedsters of like Coman and Gnabry and that. I just, I'm just not sure they're going to be outscored enough times for them to drop off. I thought I was coming in hot with Dortmund in fourth. I mean, that I'd was. Blown out of the water. It was. I don't, I don't think that's, I, a, I don't think that's that bold a shout. Well, have you been, well, you in and I agree way, on that. have you been in any way convinced by anything no. you've seen from Borussia Dortmund this season? Not even remotely. Exactly. And to borrow a phrase from Dean earlier, they're already quite far off the pace yeah. from a lot of these clubs because they've dropped they've dropped too many points already. I only three games and stuff, but like it does it does factor into your thinking, and it certainly factors into how much faith you can have in them. I'm not convinced by Dortmund at all, unfortunately. And there is there is such a thing as a hangover, and it 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 might be that the final day of last season weighs on them for too long. I think it might it just might be, be the fact that, that Jude Bellingham isn't there might hang over them for quite a long time, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. A, fa- a combination of the two. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not convinced. I mean, I, I was willing to put Leverkusen up into third because they do look seriously good. But up into top, love it. I've got Leipzig above Leverkusen because of depth of squad and also ability to absolutely batter teams. Yeah. So again, we're on the same lines there because you, you were thinking them, thinking of them for top. Yeah, I mean, Dan, have you what? What about Dortmund? Is it just that they come second? Is it's that the that reason they come they've second, got... Yeah, there's nothing based on this season. Obviously, like they haven't played very well and they're not that good. So I, I, there is nothing there. It's just that this league typically is not actually that strong, and like to, to have consistency across a season, like it's not very often seen. Like so, if Dortmund's not having it now doesn't necessarily matter. Because I would count on the fact that Leverkusen or Leipzig will have similar sufferings at some point else in the season. And that might be when then Dortmund are hitting their stride and they make up the ground. So I, I, that, there's not a lot between the sides. Look, Leverkusen are better than them. Like they, they play much better football. I prefer the players that they've got to choose from. And if I was to choose a team to watch every week at the moment, I would choose Leverkusen. But I don't really have much to judge them from in the past that I'd be able to trust them on, whereas Dortmund do this every single year. Yeah, just a word on Union Berlin. Uh, obviously, you bombed them out of your top five, Dean, but this might be the biggest squad I've ever seen, including Nottingham Forest. Oh God, yeah. It's like yeah, huge. I mean, it's big, and, yeah, yeah. and that's exactly what you need if yeah. you are Urs Fischer's Union Berlin because of the way that they play football, um, you know, the intensity with which they, they kind of run. And... Yeah. 
I think that actually that's the reason I've, I've, I've nubbed them in ahead of Freiburg. I think that just the ability to, to rotate the squad and keep people fresh, obviously they're going to have to deal with that Champions League football as well. But when you're looking at all of those things together, I think that having a squad which has really improved in quality as well as in size, but also has a lot of players bought into this, I think that it feels like a, a squad that could definitely still be in this conversation. So that's why I've got them. Yeah. Picked. I mean, Freiburg were beaten like 5 0, I think, last time out. So there's also that to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, Union got smashed by by Leipzig, didn't they? Yeah. But before that, they 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 smashed a couple of teams four one. So the Bundesliga results right now, it's very difficult to read into it all because everyone just keeps getting battered or bat or, or keeps battering teams. Yeah. But Jack, it's good to see Union learn from their lessons last year. Because yeah. remember, we were like, we did. I think we did a ranking like teams who need the winter break so badly, and it was. Uno Berlin were like basically top because they just played that Europa League or Conference League campaign. They'd just done the six midweeks. And they were and, battered by Freiburg, and, was it? And they were just, and they, they, they just fell off, absolutely fell off. Those last three, four games were horrific to watch. They conceded like 15 goals in four games. It was like these guys are just like dragging themselves to the, to the halfway point here. They've stocked up big time. And this time players like Leonardo Bonucci, who will presumably be able to offer them Champions League. Uh, veteran experience on on a night that this club has never ever seen before. I guess is this yeah. the first yeah. ever Champions League campaign? It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very exciting, very exciting times for Union Berlin. Um, let's pop across the border near Freiburg actually and go to Serie A. And I will hand over to you, DJ. Oh god, that wasn't a good idea. Um, four, four here last year. It's not what he was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anyone who listens to Patreon knows where this is going, um, and you two know where this is going too, um, my number one is not going to be mirrored by either of you two. I'm ninety-five percent sure. I can't believe you're going to do this. Uh, but this is my Serie A standings for this season. Number one, Juventus. Number two, no! number two, Inter Milan. <laughs> number three, AC Milan. Number four, Napoli. And at five, I've got Atalanta. <laughs> okay. No, I'm ready for no, you, no. I'm ready. no, no, no. Right, Sam. Okay. Again, I thought I was being bold. With AC Milan at one. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Inter edged out narrowly at two. Yep. Napoli dropping to third. Juventus in their rightful place here, according to their squad quality of fourth, Dean. And then I'm going to chuck Lazio in fifth. Okay. Um, I've fallen off from my original prediction that I thought Lazio looked like the strongest squad, although I was very impressed Ooh, with their own win over Napoli. Um, I am going to echo a lot of what Sam's just said. I'm going to go Milan in one. I'm going to go Inter in two. And I'm going to go Napoli in three, and then I'm going to go Lazio in four and Atalanta in five. I'll be honest, I think we're all wrong. So I think Inter are going to win the league, but I've got an agenda to drive. Um. So, <laughs> sorry. So that's, so that's Dean's number one is not even in Jack's top five. Yeah, he's that, I, I think I think Juve are all over the place. And I think that it's going to be a long another long season, even without European football to contend with. I've got to say, I'm just, I'm just completely and utterly unconvinced that one, they're going to be able to keep the players fit that they need to keep, need to keep fit. Two, you know, there is this whole Paul Pulper cloud now hanging over the entire situation. Now we don't know the ins and outs of it, and we don't know what the the outcome of this retrial, if you will, is going to be. But 
you know, the fact that, you know, there's been so much talk about Pogba returning to be a talisman in this team. And it just feels like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. I'm just so lost with what people are seeing in Juventus that I'm not. Called Chiesa and Vlavic. Yeah, are you back uh, both D- those D- players D- to stay D- fit D- over the course of a season? Because I'm not. Yeah. Dean, did, did Pogba returning genuinely factor into your thinking for Juve performing well? Because in me putting them forth, I'd almost forgotten the guy existed. No. Like he wasn't even part of no, the thinking. No, it wasn't about Pogba. But actually now, I feel if, if, if the Pogba thing goes through like it is and say like they have to terminate his contract because he's banned from football for four years, if that was to happen. I really hope he isn't, by the way, just so we're clear. Then they replace him in the squad because suddenly that frees up a lot of money on the wage bill and Juve can actually sign somebody else that is less problematic and less, um, well, okay. it's a guessing game as to when when he's going to become available, isn't it? Uh, where, whichever team he's been at. So it might be that Pogba, this situation actually ends up helping Juve. Like, there's loads of stuff going on. Like just before we came on, uh, there was a story breaking saying that uh, Bonucci is going to initiate legal action against Juventus because of a lack of adequate training conditions um, available to him and damage of his image and professional nature. So there's that. There was a story yesterday. This Juventus- is a man who would die, would have died in a Juventus shirt <laughs> two years there ago. Was, there was a story yesterday that Juve were going to be put up for sale. Um this all just helps me build the narrative that Juve are going to win the league. It, like nothing, <laughs> nothing's nothing's going to stop me from believing this. The Juve uh, shirt is on the way. Um, I'll have that on in a few weeks. Um, so have you got have you got twenty three twenty four uh, Scudetto uh, uh, printed on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Got next year's shirt. It's not even one that anyone's seen yet. Yeah, it's the next year's <laughs> shirt with the champions badge on the side. Um, good, good. I look. They're going to have an inconsistent season. They will, but. I'm not concerned, like we said this on the Patreon too, like when they drew one all Bologna after beating Udinese 3-0, like, oh, same old Juve, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but they didn't lose. Like, they're fine. They'll bounce back against Empoli and they'll win that and then they'll, they'll get through the season. They'll have some good spells. They'll have a few weird results. Like obviously, the next one back is, is going to be Lazio at home and that's now a really big game that's just going to be high profile. I think they'll win it. I think they'll beat Lazio and... As I say, like a lot of it does come down to Chiesa. Um, if he's fit, then honestly, like I love Chiesa, you know that anyway. But he's looking like the full version of himself. And if Vlavic can also, I feel like Vlavic is probably a bit butthurt at the moment because like his reputation has like been in the mud a little bit. Like he was bought as this big side and didn't score as many goals as maybe expected. He's been like touted to join all these other teams and didn't end up going. Seems like he there was a point when Juve probably would have sold him as well. I just feel like I don't, I'm obviously pushing things here to say they're going to win the league, but like I want to have a bit of fun with it. So I'm, I'm going to back them to win the league. But I Man, think I've, just, give, I've just put Leverkusen to win the Bundesliga. You can do yeah, what you want. Certainly, as far as I'm concerned, they'll be in the title conversation for a long period of this season uh, in a way that they weren't last time around. And... Look, I have to say, I do think that Inter are the best team in this league. Yeah, not one of us has Inter top. No. Yeah, I'm I'm interested that you two put AC Milan above them because from watching, I see what you mean from an overall squad perspective, but from what I've seen so far, I actually watch Inter and think, yeah, actually, you're the best team around at the moment. 
I, I completely agree, but it is again a 38 game season. Squads are important, and I think that a lot of us are just riding a Rossoneri wave. I think at the moment as well, and and it does feel like there's a real vibe around them, and and I assume mm. that that's basically what's determined your you know the, the two teams at the top of the table are the two perfect record. Milan teams so there isn't much to split them so far obviously we have uh, a Madonina very soon which is going to show us exactly where we stand here but at the end of last season Inter were comfortably better than where Milan were and yet there is something about this summer's business that makes me think yeah it's back on and there's just a real you know there's a real kind of buzz around the place in a way that there is at Inter as well I just think that it's one of those kind of strange ones where I've seen some of these interviews with Lautaro and I really like them, I've got to say, but he's really genuinely hurt with the Lukaku thing, I think. It, you know, every time he gets asked about it, he's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about other things. You can see the kind of pain in it. And I, I wonder if there's just a little bit more kind of cracks in, in, in that. And if something goes wrong, will, will people be able to bounce back in a way that it just feels that there's a real Altaro's camaraderie. Real though this season. Oh, he's, he's, um, he's yeah. unbelievable. And yeah. look, maybe that's what's pushed him up to step up another gear. Maybe. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I've got a feeling about Milan. Yeah, I, I've got a feeling too. I'm just feeling AC Milan. Um, and I know we, we are sympathizers here. So uh, you've got to try and separate yourself from that. But I love the Giroud-Pudisic connection. I love like the, the diversification of the attack. It's yeah. away from Rafa Liao a little bit, you know, giving him, giving him help, um, which will just have such a strong knock-on effect across the team. They've obviously used the Tonali money really well. Tajani Rangers is really good. Lost the cheek, has the kind of profile, as we've already seen with that, uh, that first assist against uh, Torino, was it, in the 4-1? Yeah where he just bursts past the centre-back and lays it across for Pulisic. I mean, it's it's the sort of stuff that in Serie A, if you've got that physical build and you can, you can play, you can you can make that run, you can have a lot of fun, as long as he can stay fit, of course. And they have Mike Magnon at the back, you know, like one of the very best in the world. And I think, I think I'm just feeling the Milan team. And it does feel weird that none of us are put into because they haven't conceded a goal yet <laughs> and they have looked like the best team so far. And they might just beat AC Milan because they look a little bit stronger right now when they play this weekend. But I do think that over the course of 38 games, as Jack says, I'm going for Milan. Um, of course, this space has been vacated by Napoli. Were you as underwhelmed as I was with the Rudy Garcia appointment, Jack? Yeah, uh, I, I thought, although I've got to say that I don't know how what many brilliant options there were. It just felt yeah. like there was a real you know, thing going on and suddenly Napoli have been knocked back like four or five steps. I, I think that in, in appointing Rudy Garcia, what they'll try and do is just kind of more of the same. But considering that it's not got that immediate feel about it, that, that sense that Napoli are irresistible going forward all of a sudden, you're a bit like, ah, just not quite there and I'm, mm. I'm, I'm struggling to, to get on board with them winning it. I still think they'll be there or thereabouts but I just think that considering the summers that you know, Napoli would have been relatively pleased to get out of the summer with only one of the big three leaving and that is worth pointing out but equally I don't feel like they've got loads stronger in a way that I do with Milan and even Inter to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I think they'll win loads of games because they'll just carry on the, like the automatisms from last season under Spalletti um, because they'll just have that foundation and, and Garcia won't tweak with tweak it too much. 
but they'll just lose that 10%, that little sparkle, that Spalletti magic, that maybe that ability to tweak something in game, build in a different way, because Garcia is, I mean, I've always seen him as a very defensive coach, actually, rather than an attacking coach. And this is a team that has been built to outscore and attack and, and, and marvel and sparkle. I just, I just can't believe that Rudy Garcia has ended up stepping in for Spalletti in terms of managerial fit. So they'll, they'll just carry over some stuff they did last year automatically and they'll win lots of games, but they just won't be the force that I think they were. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, worth talking briefly about Lazio. Sam, you have them fifth. I have them fourth. They are a very exciting unit and they've had a very good summer as far as I'm concerned. I like a lot of the business that we've seen from them. Um, but the start to the season has been relatively underwhelming. Obviously, that mm. big win against Napoli has, has turned it around from absolutely dreadful to just merely disappointing. But it does feel like those first two games where they were just comfortably winning against Lecce and suddenly capitulated in, in injury time. It just all felt like it wasn't right. And I'm not quite sure why. Um, but then again, you know, the 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 performance against Napoli was not a particularly Sarri-esque performance, I didn't think. And yet it's the one that's brought them their best and biggest result of the season so far. Yeah, it's really hard to read into the early results. How you lose to Lecce and Genoa and then beat Napoli is, is bonkers. Um, but then, of course, even with the Napoli, not, not, to, not to try and place too much of an asterisk over because it's a, still an achievement. But Lazio have tended to, have the, to get the better of Napoli in, in recent years. Sarri, Sarri seems to have the formula. So that's a game that you almost think, actually, they've got a really good shot of winning. So I really don't know what to read into them. I don't know, I don't know how to gauge them at all. And so in the sort of process of elimination between them, Atalanta and Roma, I looked at Roma and thought, no. And then I looked at Atalanta and just picked one of the two. Uh, Dean, you picked Atalanta, Actually, right? I literally did the same. <laughs> it's like, Roma, I can't touch. I mean, maybe they turn around the season, but it looks like it could be a bit of a car crash. I mean, obviously, like, Mourinho's, I don't know what... what third season that's... syndrome, we go again. Yeah, third season syndrome, like, starting to blame everyone and he's starting to, he's going all quiet in press conferences and like, I like the Lukaku sign in like I, I hope it goes well for him but I still don't think it's going to be enough um, to help them overturn all the problems that I see forthcoming in the next few months so I just couldn't even contemplate them Okay, alrighty. Uh, on that note, I think it's probably time for us to take another break uh, we will be back after that break to talk about Liga and La Liga. Stick with us. Welcome back to part three of the Ranks FC podcast, where we're going to take a look at France and then Spain. We will start in Ligue 1. It was a place where points were scored last year. Eight for both of you, 12 for me. So it's not the... Uh, it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not as bad as things were in either the Premier League or in Italy. So I've actually, you know, we're coming back to, to strengths. Dean, the year before, you actually really dominated in Liga. So I'm excited to see if you can really bounce back to what was at one point your forte. Clearly, Germany took over that niche last year. Yeah, but I can only focus on one. You, um, were the, you, were the, you were the Frenchman the year before. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But um, this year... Honestly, this league seems like complete random chaos to me at the moment. I mean, obviously at one, it's PSG. There's no doubt that they're going to win the league. Um, and I actually like PSG now, uh, for the record. Um, now that they've I've gone through this overhaul, now that um, 
you know, Neymar's Found gone. Certain somebody's gone. Yeah, now Neymar's <laughs> gone. I'm, I'm definitely back Sick. on board with being happy to watch PSG. And I like the kind of players now that they're signing. Like, I, I, I really do. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, one is PSG. Two, Monaco. Three, Marseille. Four, Lille. Five, let's see, I could have picked about three or 14. I've got to move Ren in the end. Um, but I could have. Anyone like I, I was watching actually last night because I hadn't actually seen much of game week four and uh on YouTube actually their, their, their YouTube channel is pretty good at like going they've got all sorts of different highlights packages and you do the game by game and I just like let it run and I'm just like this is so random like, like it's, it's a great league to watch but like predicting it absolute nonsense um but yeah that's where I'm at okay all right Sam all right, so basically mine was the exact same. So I'm going to call an audible at the line with 10 seconds on the clock, reorganize my formation and put Nice in at fifth oh. instead of Ren okay. because I don't think we should have the exact same. No, and that's a complete guess anyway. So the fifth is fine to be someone that's not, not yeah, Ren. So I'm putting, I'm putting eighth place Nice in instead of seventh place yeah. Ren who are on the exact same <laughs> points. <laughs> so yeah. it's the same about that. PSG, Monaco, Marseille, Lille, Nice. Yep. Okay. Um, I am going to go slightly different, but not very far off the beaten track. I'm going to go PSG, Monaco, Rennes, Marseille, Nice. I really like this Rennes team. They're unbeaten. Obviously, they've drawn their last three, but I think that they have a little bit more calm about them than Marseille, who remain the most bonkers club in world football. Um, actually, actually audible, as you say. Maybe not anymore. They might have been outdone right now by their Olympic cousins at Lyon, who <laughs> are, yes. seem to be doing the best that they can to shoot themselves in the head. In the head, not even in the foot. They are literally pointing a gun at their own face. Um, so obviously, Laurent Blanc has just been sacked as the Lyon manager. This comes after a summer where after they lost a game recently, he was like, I would sack the coach if I was the board. Oh, yeah, so he like, did do that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the first time. He did it in preseason. He'd now done it in a league game. And they were like, you know what we really need to calm this down? Gennaro Gattuso. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah cool. cool. Wicked, yeah, yeah. That that seems like the solution for a Leon side who are bottom of the table, have one point from four and seem to not be able to know their head from their tail. Mm-hmm. It is so all over the place that they might just ra- you know, rival Marseille as the most bonkers club in football right now. And you know what? It's exciting at the very least. Um, but... I think that Marseille might just implode at some point. So I'm going to have them at four and Ren at three, who I think are just a little bit more stable. So what the Ren that I've just dumped out of my top five at random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No reason. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? No yeah. Sorry, Ren. Um, in Marseille's defense, you look at the firepower they've got now to call upon. Yeah. It is it is pretty sensational. Um, and I think I ended up just basically running this ranking based on firepower because PSG is PSG. They've just done the entire overhaul of the front line. Monaco are obviously got so many goals within them um, with all the usual suspects from last year, plus Balogun. Marseille have now Abamyang, they've Ismail Assar, they've Joaquin Correa, they've Inaman and Ndi from Sheffield United, really good player. Lille kept Jonathan David and then Nice. <laughs> so there you go. So I think I might have subconsciously done this based on just like, 
how many goals can you score on average? Yeah, I mean, Monaco, and just it. yeah, Monaco are going to score loads. Um, they already have like they've got thirteen goals so far this season. I mean, PSG have got eight, uh, so they're like five clear of PSG after four games. Like they're just scoring fun in every single game so far. I'm not wholly convinced by them at the back. Like I think they're they are going to be leaky, like they proved to be. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when they drew 3-3. I don't think that's going to be something that is rare. I think that might happen quite a few times. But they seem more like the Monaco we used to love. Like, think of when, like, Mbappe was there and stuff and, like, the Monaco that you used to see that were, like, so fun to watch. That wasn't the Monaco I loved. The Monaco I loved was was Ludovic Juli and Jerome Rotten. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Monaco I loved had Bernardo Silva in it. <laughs> hey, that team got to the that team got to Champions League final. Respect they for did. its due, please. And played the worst Champions League final. They did, of yeah. In the entirety of the competition since 1992. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd say that there might be some Red Star Belgrade fans who would uh, who, who would maybe argue that, but you know, it is what mm. it is. Um, but yeah, so so Monaco had that, but like say like with PSG like in terms of what they've done to switch things around from the Trident bringing in like Asensio, Colomuani, uh, Gonzalo Ramos and Osman Dembele to add to Mbappe is just ridiculous. Like I, and Lee Kang in. Yeah I like I love it like I, like these are players like I actually want to watch PSG like I really want to watch how Colomuani comes on. I want to see Gonzalo Ramos like step up and a level and see what he can do. Um, Osman Dembele, like new lease of life, like should run people ragged in this league. Like this is much, much more interesting than it was bizarrely watching Neymar and Messi with Mbappe. Like I'm much more interested in this project than I was that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's weird. I think got to the end of the window there and I was looking at PSG and I was like, you've done really well here to overhaul the forward line. But are you about to try and rely on Gonzalo Ramos to do the entire season as the striker? And I know Lucha will probably stick Asensio up there at some point. Fine, that's the backup plan. But once they then, obviously, it's a it's a long season for these clubs. They play an awful lot of games. Ramos and Colomowani. I mean, that's just, just I mean, that, I can't that is that. incredible, incredible stuff. And it's not like they're a bunch of like there's two 34 year olds or, 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 or anything yeah. like that. These are very young coming into their prime players who are already very, very good. Yeah, like these two players were like linked when Man United were looking for a number nine. It's like, oh, they're looking at Ramos or Kola Moani at one point. It's like, well, PSG just got both of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? It's it's it also there's that sort of other element that the French Federation will be looking at and going, oh, you're gonna you're gonna play an Mbappe, Dembele, Colomani front three for a lot of this season, are you? Yeah, that sounds yeah. good for that our European helpful. Championship yeah. hopes. Look, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about the fact that the French Federation might have to step in if PSG were going to try and keep Mbappe out of the match day squad because they were like, we can't have that. Now they're basically playing the French front three. It's, it's, it's a real turnaround for the books. Yeah, the Didier Deschamps is cackling away, isn't he? Oh, having a time of his life. Um, I just wanted to dig back to, to Ren because I, I think it's interesting where, where they've sort of sat in, in these different things. They've had a bit of a strange summer. Obviously, they lost a lot of players. Uh, Andy Juf went off to Basel um, and then you kind of look at Gachukwu leaving for Chelsea Lovro Meyer set off for Wolfsburg Doku's gone to Manchester City there's a lot of it like oh 
who's going to step in and, and take these places up. But actually, you look at who they've brought in. Blast from Nantes, I think, is a really, really good signing uh, and a really smart way of replacing Doku without necessarily needing the same kind of football. If you know what I mean, you know, you're not going to find a better ball-carrying dribbler on the wing than Jeremy Doku. So what do you do? You change it up. You're not going to find some someone to to fill the gaps that Lovre Meyer left. So they've brought in Enzo Lefebvre from Lorient. Brilliant signing. Nemanja Matic comes in, a little bit of experience. Fabian Reader from Young Boys. Mm. Great signing. Good really good, good signing. Um, I just think that they... Was he from, sorry, was he from Basel? He was from Young Boys. But, was he really? Yeah, they've uh, they've all they've all kicked along down down the path. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those. But I, I do think that they've replaced really well after a, uh, after a kind of strange summer where they were picked off a little bit. And and I'm excited to see what that team looks like going forwards. But um, so far, I think so good. Mm. Okay, right. Let's go to Spain and. Let's finish this five by five off. Dean, your last five in Spain, please. This one's so hard. Like this one, I, I don't feel like this is even completed at this stage. Just because say it's incomplete. Um, <laughs> okay, look, I'm happy with one, two, three, and then four and five. I'm not happy with. So one is Real Madrid, two is Barcelona, and three is Atletico Madrid. Those three, that's fine. At four. I've currently got Real Sociedad. And at five, as ridiculous as this seems right now, I've got Sevilla. No, I have. don't do it. I have. Stop doing it yourself. But the thing is, they've, they've lost it. They are obviously like in crisis. They've only lost by an odd goal each time. On paper, they've got still one of the best squads in the league. And it's a seven. They haven't got a point so far. So they're on zero points. But to get to the top five... <laughs> So uh, fifth place is Athletic Club at the moment on seven points. Well, there's definitely going to come time when Sevilla can catch up seven points in Athletic Club across the course of this season. So there's nobody else that I could put any faith in. And I can't believe that Sevilla are going to be this bad all season. Like, it just seems wrong that I don't talk about them. So Everyone said this last year and then I know, they were I just, just bad. I don't know who else I would put in there anyway. So I was like, Do you know what? It, at least it's a talking point. Sevilla currently bottom of the league. I'm going to put to finish fifth. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> whatever you, whatever you like, my friend. Um, Sam, what about you? So I think this was my best performer last year, wasn't it? I think I, did you say I got nine from this one? You got nine to, from Spain. Uh, two eights, a three, and a five. Yeah. So this is my area. It's your niche, which spells bad news for you, Dean, because the top five is as follows: Barcelona retain the trophy; Wrong. they finish first. Real Madrid. Sleek into second, Atleti third. Try not to get carried away on them. Going to put them third. That's the sensible yes. move. Real Sociedad also in fourth. Not that happy with it, but I think you and I both arrived at the same conclusion. Yes. Don't know what else to do. Yes. And I'm going to put Real Betis in fifth. Yeah. I'm going to pick them over Athletic for firepower reasons. It's becoming a theme yeah. of my ranking. Um, okay. All right. Well, as uh, doing the sensible move is not really my thing, Um I'm no. backing it. Here we go. I'm no. backing it. I'm backing the Atleti title win to begin with. So there we go. There's the start of it. I've been so impressed with them. They have been glorious to watch at times. And I think that Barcelona and Real Madrid both have major flaws as far as I'm concerned this season. And I think that Atleti are in a really good place to strike. So I'm going to back them 
to win the title. I'm going to put Barcelona in second. I'm going to put Real Madrid in third. I'm going to back Betis in fourth again because why not? And then I'm going to put Real Sociedad in fifth considering they have Champions League commitments. That is basically it. So the first question I asked myself when went on to Spain was, Am I gonna am I gonna get carried away and back Atletico Madrid for the title? And once I decided the answer was no, I put them in third. Sounds like a really strange process, no, but no, that no, is kind of how it agree. goes, right? They're gonna like, finish first. They're either or third. gonna finish first or third. Yeah. They're not gonna finish second. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up with them in third, trying not to get too carried away there. I've been carried away with a few other things, you know. I feel like maybe with Spurs I, I might have done sorry, the, the Tottenham Hot Spurs, I might have done that oh. before. Um but I think Atleti have hurt me in the past and I'm not willing to go there. You know, I, I remember I remember predicting a repeat when they'd won the title. I thought this is their title to lose. They they were absolutely terrible. Maybe this is just me protecting myself, but I'm not willing to trust that they get it done over that period of time. I, I just can't see it. And I can't rule out Diego Simeone withdrawing into his shell at some point as well because the reason we're all so high on Atleti early this season is partially to do with the fact that they have been pretty expansive, played some good football and scored a lot of goals in some cases. Again, ask yourself, does that continue throughout the season when the going gets tough? Usually the answer with Simeone is no. Yeah, mm. I, I just I just am really concerned that we haven't seen anything like the Barcelona we saw last year. And I think the Dembele loss is going to hit hard. Now, I like Joao Felix as a replacement and I think that he's going to have a good time at Barcelona. But... I'm just not convinced there's enough going forward right now in this side over 38 games to to win it. And I'm really not convinced with Real Madrid's ability to score goals. At the moment, it just feels like Jude's bailing, bailing them out, bailing them out every single every single week. And I don't think that's sustainable over the course of an entire season. I love Jude Bellingham. I think he's a wonderful footballer. I don't see him knocking in 25 goals. And... If he doesn't do that right now, I don't know who else he's going to. And that is the real worry with the way that this summer has played out and the idea that the only number nine that they brought in as a Benzema replacement was was Hosselu, who I'm delighted he's getting his opportunity. But I can't see him carrying this side. And mm. when that's all considered, I don't know how you can look at this Real Madrid squad, think it's any better than it was last season, because I fundamentally don't believe that. And I don't think that Barcelona have got any worse. And in the second half of last season, after Atleti decided to stop having a meltdown, they were the second best side in La Liga. I think that they've improved. I really like Javi Galan coming in from, from Celta. I really, really like that signing. I think it's very, very smart. The fact that we're seeing players like Samuel Lino come back in. We're seeing Rodrigo Raquelme after a brilliant year at Girona come back in. There's loads to like about this side. There's a load of diversification across this attack. And I think that as squads look, they are currently in the in the best place to put together a consistent season in a way that I don't see uh, that Real Madrid or Barcelona doing. I think that um, Real Madrid at home this season looks um, a lot safer bit. I mean, obviously, uh, having their stadium now complete and seeing it in that game when Bellingham scored that, that late goal, like showing that Real Madrid have got that trait, uh, that does count for something. And yeah. Um, I think the stadium is going to give them an edge over Barcelona, who are obviously playing their fixtures in a neutral venue this this season. Like I watched uh, Barca's game, I'm trying to remember who it was against. Now who was their home game against? Uh, Cadiz. So they play Cadiz. It's their only home match so far, and the place was flat. It was like it was nothing. Like the fan it was such a weird sensation watching that game. 
it didn't feel like a Barcelona home game. And it felt weird to think that they would be able to conjure up the atmosphere that's going to be needed through big moments in the season. Now, look, I give Barcelona credit for the way that they've come through so far because it's been grueling to watch them. It hasn't actually been easy to watch their matches so far, but they've come through them. Um, but you say you're concerned about Real Madrid goals. Like Vinicius Junior is coming back. Like he's not gone. Like he's coming back next month. And if that all goes to plan, then Real Madrid will be absolutely fine because they'll start to again alter the way that they play, especially with this Jose Lu Bellingham Rodrigo um, thing that they've been trying out for the. By the way, I don't think that that's that bad. I think Jose Lu is that bad. I think like people. I don't think he's that bad either. I think I just don't think he's quite good. I think it's all that's right. maybe a stretch. I don't like, think he's quite good. I think he's fine. But I would say at the moment, considering how Lewandowski's been playing so far this season, I don't know what Lewandowski we're getting. Like it seems all. A I bit can't believe you're comparing Hosselu to Lewandowski. Got to. Like, and, don't, don't, to. and don't write don't write Lewandowski off. I'm not writing him off. Don't, I'm just yeah, saying I like don't. I don't think he's going to have like a 40 goal season. So I don't think Real he Madrid. He doesn't need to have 40 goals. So I don't think Madrid need to match that, whereas they normally would have to match like. You'd have like the Benzema, whatever. Like you've got those guarantees of goals. I think Madrid also like it's that midfield, like the the variety that they've got between the Modric and Kroos thing that still exists to come in among like Chouameni and Camavinga and Valverde and everything like that. That is such a strength for that team that I think over the course of the season convinces me. So it's like the stadium combined with the return of Vinicius at some point and that midfield, I think, will give it them the edge to get back the title. I think that's probably so reasonable. Just there's one thing that Karen Benzema scored 31 goals last year in all competitions and Marco Asensio scored 12, right? So they've lost 43 goals from those two players alone. I don't... Mm-hmm. How, how, how already they got rep- five, mate. They, he's got yeah, five. Yeah, Bellingham's halfway to Asensio <laughs> almost. That's fine. That's fine. But you've got, to, you've got to somehow find 43 goals to just come second. And this is, in the no, league. No, no, mate, you don't have to score the same well, number of goals every season. That's not yeah, how it works. Like that, not, that's not, not, necess- it works. not necessarily. Uh, so what scares me with Real Madrid is, is the repeatability of what's happening with Jude Bellingham right now. It definitely is. And the fact that Vinicius's role has changed a little bit because of the formation shift. They've kind of centred it all around Bellingham. So that really does need to work. So far, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. But a lot of this exercise as Dean always says is based on whether or not you've seen it before whether or not you think you can see something you can trust and right now we are in uncharted territory and open waters with Jude Bellingham and we just don't know we hope that he continues scoring at this rate forever um, but we don't know we, 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 yeah. but we just don't know and he, pro- and he probably won't although he is scoring some pretty number nine goals right now it's, yeah, it's, not, it's not like he's launching them from 18 yards no, he's, he's drifting into good he's getting, positions he's, get, yeah. he's getting he's picking up scraps from, from goalkeeper rebounds he's, yeah. he's scoring hedges and, and scrappy goals like he is actually playing a bit like a number nine but Madrid's midfield Dean as you mentioned that's the reason I have them losing very few games. Whether or not they've got the goals in them to convert enough of those draws into wins uh-huh. to outlast Barcelona, that's where I start to doubt things. Okay. And that's where the Lewandowski goals come, come back fair, into, like into play. So that, that's where I am. And that's why I ended up with Barcelona in first place. I just think that at both ends of the pitch, for, you know, pretty much for Atleti over Real Madrid, we've got Thibaut Courtois out for the foreseeable yep. future. Edda Militao out and I look at Atleti and go yep yeah, Black's there and I would rather have the fact I'd rather have Griezmann and Memphis etc than what Real Madrid have in their attacking core 
right now. That, that, that's where mm-hmm. I'm at with it. And so therefore, that, that's my kind of logic in terms of placing Atleti ahead of, of Real. Yeah. Both ends of the pitch, they're looking, they're looking a bit better uh, right now. But in the middle, they're not. And then there's the undefined things like the mentality and the, and the I don't know what, how you would describe it, but Diego Simeone would probably shout the word cojones at you. It's, it's, it's those elements that, that maybe that's where this debate actually breaks open. And that's it's reflected in our rankings ultimately. Well, we'll see because Real Madrid's next two games are Real Sociedad at home, and then they're away at the Metropolitano in the Madrid derby. So this is gonna it's gonna be a pretty this you know the start of the season's been relatively soft. Um, obviously, Athletic have started well apart from that loss to Real Madrid, but Almeria, Celta, and Hetafe, it does mm. feel like they they've kind of had a nice launch pad there to kind of work from um now it gets a bit trickier and i think it's going to be very interesting this next bit before that second international break this is this is a a far tougher run of fixtures for for them to kind of get this down and and see what's going on so we will see this is the only one where we've all gone for a different number one yes yes um there were two sweeps for PSG and Manchester City. Um, both of you went for Bayern, I went for Leverkusen. Sam, you and I went for Milan. Dean went for Juve. And we have Atleti, Barcelona, Real Madrid in nice. our La Liga predictions. Nice. So there's plenty to like. Lots Brilliant. of fun. Lots well, of that's fun. Made the league, that's made the season more interesting, lads. I'm, I'm pleased we've got this done. Uh, all tidied up before we launch back into action this weekend. Absolutely. Can you still get season tickets? I need to book mine. Go and support the lads. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, my lads, Barcelona, need all the help they can get in that flat atmosphere. Mate, that you can easily get tickets at Barcelona games now because no one's interested now that they're not at the Camp Nou. So, um, yeah, you just pop down there, pop to Barcelona, you just walk in, I think. You just pay on the door. <laughs> pay on the door. It's pay on the door. And bonjour. Okay. All righty. On that, I think it's probably time for us to call it a day. So all that's left for me to do is say thank you very much to the returning rank of Mr. Sam Tai. Hey, it was fantastic, fellas. Thanks for having me. What a great time we've had. It's been a real pleasure and we'll hopefully see you again very soon. Uh, to our transfer guru, Mr. Dean Jones, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. I've been Jack Collins, Name of Hearts. This has been Ranks FC. Thank you so much for tuning in today to 5 by 5 We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and we will see you very shortly. Take it easy, gang. Peace. Final seconds of the game, a chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility 
powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks. 